to the B Fox and B Frank show. It is officially March. Cue the music. We are just a couple weeks away from Selection Sunday and an actual March Madness. Um, we can no longer take for granted, but it's uh, it's exciting times. It is exciting times in the world of college basketball for sure. Yes, I. That's what I'll say. Yes, it is exciting. I'm I'm glad it's back, and we're and we're so close. We are under two weeks away, as we said. It feels like ages. It really feels like ages since we've we've been this excited about college basketball. I mean, yes, upon the return, we were still excited, but there were still a lot of question marks. Will we get through the season? What would the season look like? For better or worse, it was fairly normal. You know, we, we got a lot of games in. Obviously, a ton were canceled. A lot of teams affected by pauses. But at the same time, we are we are at the point that everyone was hoping to get to where there are notable games being played. Conference tournaments have started and are starting soon. And the, you know, selection committee is getting ready to make their picks. So we, we made it this far. I, I am uh, at least happy enough to say that. There were fewer games played than the normal season, but if that's the only trade-off, um, really, I think most uh, most fans would take that in a heartbeat. Right. It is peak resume season, blind resume season. Um, it's everyone trying to jockey for position in the seed lines in the NCAA tournament. Last couple games of conference play for the Power Six, and as you mentioned, some smaller conferences have already started their tournaments, but... In terms of winners in the last week, who do you think did the most to help their case in the eyes of the committee? I uh, I was very negative this week, so I have very few winners. That's, that's fine. Michigan State, I mean, it's hard to argue that anyone outside of Michigan State had the best week there is. They beat Illinois and Ohio State, both top 10 teams. Who cares if they lost to Maryland on Sunday? That win would have absolutely propelled them into the field. I don't remember where exactly they are at this point, but if they're not, if they're on the cusp, they should be close to getting in right now. So, uh, you know, a team that was dead just a few weeks ago is all of a sudden back into the conversation. Um, they should be right on the bubble. They obviously still need some or need to do some work. And I believe they've got two games with Michigan left to close the year. So certainly opportunity. It'll be fun. And yeah, Lost to Maryland is a loss to a team that at this point looks like a surefire tournament team. So certainly no shame there. And the rest of your week is beating top 10 teams. So that's that's one that Tom Izzo will certainly take. And yeah, as far as where they sit in. I did not mean to skip over the Indiana game. I completely forgot Indiana was playing them. Well, I mean, that's not a. We were talking about like opportunities to boost the resume. Indiana's not a tournament team. No, but it's not. It's a, a game that one, it's a know? game that exists. Yeah, Indiana swept Iowa. People might forget this. They but. did, and it's it's important we remember it now. But yes, it it is it is just incredibly fitting that you know the year that Assembly Hall finally hosts the NCAA tournament again. Indiana will not be participating in it. In it. But yes, that is another opportunity for Michigan State to add to their resume and get a win. I I still can't really claim to have a lot of confidence in, in Michigan State 
um, being solidly in. I think they're still in kind of that that first four um, right territory, but we are getting to a point where you know again NCAA tournament selection committee doesn't care about narratives, but there is a possibility that you could see something like a Duke Michigan State first four matchup um, just to uh, try to try to maximize your uh, your eyeballs on that one. God, that would be an absolute nightmare. Um, they remember the committee does not pick for storyline. Never, never have, never will. Uh, but just something worth mentioning is that is uh, yes. is a possibility. It is out there. The other Big Ten team in that state is still rolling. Michigan, yeah, crushed Iowa by twenty two. Um, beat Indiana on Saturday. So I'm sensing a theme here, but uh, I mean, Michigan contrast them with Baylor who talk about in a little bit, but they came off pause. And if anything, seems like they've gotten stronger. Um, They're just tearing through what is a very strong big 10. I was a damn good team, obviously, no Jack Nunchy um, now for the rest of the year, which is a big loss for the Hawkeyes to to get some kind of depth inside behind Luca Garza. But even so, they were not going to compete with Michigan in this game anyway. Michigan's just such a solid team in all facets of the game. Very, very good defensively, especially interior defense. Um, really took away um, not only Luca Garza, but also Trace Jackson Davis. They defended extremely well really shut him out for large portions of that game, which is why, you know, they were able to handle Indiana as easily as they were. It's a, it's a scary team to, uh, to think about going up against in March. And, you know, the, the Michigan fans have realized it. They are a bit obnoxious on the internet as some are wont to do coming after our beloved Zags, but they are, uh, they're pretty clearly, in the conversation for for national title teams i don't think you know they're they're a slam dunk like many would tell you but they have uh they've certainly looked the part in big 10 play i think a michigan gonzaga game would be a lot of fun and obviously that would come final four or national championship games so that would be even better um i am annoyed with Michigan fans online because of the fact that they want to come out of the woodwork and pretend like the loss to Minnesota never happened. And that because Gonzaga plays in a weaker conference, again, they're going to use the old retread line of Gonzaga plays no one when they went out and scheduled basically anyone and everyone they possibly could with, with a few big games also falling through. Um, It is, Annoying to see because, no, Michigan is not the number one overall team. If you want to go based on how teams are playing at the moment and do like a power rankings, still, Gonzaga is number one. They have been playing the best basketball of any team in the country. Uh, They have seven quad one wins, and that is, again, playing that weak, air quote, weak schedule that they put together. Um, They are 12-0 and in quad one and quad two games to Michigan's 12 and one in quad one and quad two games. So uh, both teams, very good. Michigan obviously looks great. The pause has done them and Georgetown, two best teams coming out of the pause. Who would have thunk 
But uh, yeah, so Michigan looks great. They are well deserving of a one seed, and they should enjoy that because they will get you know whatever the equivalent of the Midwest region is for this year's NCAA tournament. And uh, they are, like you said, a dangerous team because they've got so many different weapons and can beat you on all three levels. And the best part is, again, as we keep talking about college basketball in this regard, blows college football out of the water because ultimately it doesn't matter. Both be in the tournament. They'll both play till they lose or one is crowned champion. So correct. No, no sense arguing, getting red in the face um, on the Internet. But, you know, no, no one would ever get in an argument on Twitter.com. Never. Certainly not. Um, but. Michigan does have another big opportunity tonight, um, as you're listening to this, against Illinois. Um, so another another big-time win could potentially boost their resume even further. I, I think a lot would have to happen to knock them off the one-seed line anyway. I think they're pretty safely there, um, knock on wood, but beating Illinois would not hurt. Be a nice little feather in the cap, if you will. Um, it was a great week for teams that, uh, have the word Kansas in their name. Yes. Arkansas, two more, uh, big time wins over tournament teams. Superb move. Uh, Alabama, LSU, uh, they have not lost a game in conference play since January 16th. So closing in on two months without an SEC loss. We've talked about the hogs. They are the must bus is rolling. Um, my guy Justin Smith is balling out, and it's it's a little too late in the season to um, I think have any realistic thoughts of, of overtaking Alabama for the SEC title. But they are extremely well positioned going into the tournament um, to potentially snag, you know, a a top four seed and. Uh, and really go on a run. I actually think they would be hard pressed. Like they would have to lose out and get bounced in the first round. I think to not get a top four seed at this point, they to me seem pretty well positioned to be right in that mix. Um, they've got a lot of teams around them that can, that can move with, you know, Creighton, Oklahoma, Virginia, Texas, teams like that, that have been struggling and a little up and down this season. Um, but yeah, Arkansas has been so consistent, so much fun to watch. And like you said, the must bus won't stop. Uh, they, they play that up-tempo style. And it, no matter who it is, even teams that are accustomed to that style of play, uh, they, they still get these big wins against, you know, Alabama loves to push, loves to shoot threes. Arkansas just put it right in their face and ended up winning by double digits. So huge Huge week there, huge month really for the Hogs. And uh, they have been led by a bunch of different guys. And like you said, Justin Smith's having a great year. Moses Moody really coming out of nowhere as a freshman, uh, having, having an awesome season. They're, they're another scary team. They kind, of, they kind of feel like Auburn from uh, the Final Four run, just not – you know, the the high-quality talent they had, but similar style of play definitely got good guards to lead them. So I, if, you know, tournament started today, it obviously doesn't. But if it starts today, this is a team I easily pencil in for a Sweet 16, probably further run. 
Yeah, they definitely like to play fast and they are very fun to watch the neutral party. And there are certainly times in the SEC this year where you can be the beneficiary of a weaker schedule. The last couple of weeks, they've done nothing but play bona fide tournament teams and they are beating all of them. Certainly Alabama in that group and, um, you know, LSU, Missouri, uh, as we talked about on last week's show. Mm-hmm. They are answering the bell every time they are taking on uh, all challenges, passing every test um, that that the league is kind of throwing their way. And, you know, this is not at all how we kind of expected the, the top of the SEC to look. Some of the um, presumed favorites have just not really shown up as expected this season. And, and Arkansas is, is taking advantage, beating good teams, and uh, really peaking at the right time. 100%. I mean – Let's just call them call them out. Tennessee has been pretty bad this year, um, and a, a team that we expected to pretty well handle the SEC, and they just haven't. And that's where Alabama and Arkansas have really taken over. Yeah, the the one consolation though is they're not Kentucky. So yes, as I alluded to, Kansas also had a a good week. Um, most notably, obviously not a perfect week, but most notably first team this year to beat Baylor. Um, loved Kansas's jerseys, first yeah. of all. Those were, uh, those were pretty fire. And the way that in which they just completely dismantled Baylor, as we said, Baylor has not been playing quite as well coming out of pause, but Kansas did a great job defending the three against the best perimeter shooting team in the country. David McCormick, who we've talked about, uh, negatively at times this year, showed up, balled out 20 points, 14 rebounds for Jalen Wilson. Kansas as a team was plus 20 against a very physical Baylor team. Like they checked all of the boxes in this game. Um, and like, it's, it's still a banner year for Baylor. They're still going to win the big 12. Um, but for Kansas to come out with this performance late in the season. Um, and I mean, COVID pause or not, no one has figured out how to beat Baylor, but Kansas just put on an an absolute clinic in doing so. Yeah, defense. I mean, again, the defense is so good for this team, and it has been their calling card all year long, which is why it was so impressive when we saw Gonzaga light them up early in the season. Um, Three-point defense was phenomenal, held Baylor to 6 of 26 from three. Got to the line 26 times to Baylor 16, and despite 14 turnovers, still won this game by double digits. So uh, you know you got to cook in when you can be minus 11 in the turnover column and really pull away in a ball game like this. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's college basketball. I think only where only place you can really get away with that because I feel like Illinois played a very similar type of game they just turned it over one million times on saturday but still won Mm -hmm. um yeah but that's a uh that's about it as good a win as as anybody has in college basketball this season that'll certainly carry in in kansas is well positioned heading into march and uh you know a couple more opportunities for big wins plus um whatever they can manage in the conference tournament so like it would be any anywhere else in college basketball would kill to have a down year as good as Kansas. Is. Yes, quietly, as we mentioned, they have the most wins in the Big Twelve. 
in conference play. Like, man, that's a tough, that's a tough down year to have. But it, yeah, it, it is for them. It is still a down year. And yeah. Just that's crazy. The, uh, the only other team I had that you haven't mentioned was Oklahoma state wins. That was, over, my, that was my last one. Uh, wins over Oklahoma and Texas tech. Um, I will say it's a shame that we don't get to see this Oklahoma State team in the NCAA tournament. Maybe. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe. Um, if they are held out, it would be a shame because they are fun to watch. Cade Cunningham is as good as advertised. Um, and I, I think the question mark in the cloud hovering over them right now of will they or won't they be able be allowed in is kind of why it feels like Cade Cunningham is flying so far under the radar this season because he has been outstanding. He is fun to watch all over the floor, offense, defense, shoots the three extremely well, shoots the ball extremely well, makes plays, makes his teammates better, as we can see here, because he is leading this team on an impressive run towards the end of the season. And uh, they can beat just about anybody. Um, they have looked very good at many times this year, and then they've looked – really bad, like losing to TCU. So they would just be a fun team to see, you know, as a five or a six seed in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, 40 points against Oklahoma for Cade Cunningham. Uh, that's hard to get much bigger than that. It's a little surprising that a decision hasn't been handed down yet on this team, whether or not they will be able to play in the NCAA tournament. If I can put on my tinfoil hat, I think the decision was delayed just to kind of get a better idea of whether or not this was a tournament team or not. Mm -hmm. It seems pretty clear cut by this point. This is a, uh, this is a team that, you know, in a vacuum, surefire NCAA tournament team. Um, the only thing that would change that is, you know, if they, they hand down or they, they uphold the postseason ban at the 11th hour, which, would be unfortunate for for fans of the sport, certainly the the guys on the team, really the program who, as we've talked about before, did not have anything to do with what happened in the first place. Um, right. But that's, yeah, that's the NCAA for you. So fully expecting that like Saturday before the selection show, they will announce that Oklahoma State is not eligible to play in the postseason, but they should not do that and give us Cade Cunningham in the tournament. I would uh, I would very much prefer to see that. Yes, that would be good to see. Um, I wonder if they continue to postpone the announcement, if they can still play. Yeah. I, like if they don't make an announcement, right, they can still play. I believe so. So interesting. Okay, well, I guess we'll see what happens there. Yeah. But it it's just so screwy how they do this. Yeah. Also, if if I can uh, can really just stretch it a little bit and uh, ring one more winner out of my theme of uh, Kansas teams having a good week. Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas did State win, yeah. did win back to back Big Twelve games. One over Oklahoma, uh, but. That's more more of a loser in that situation than a winner. But shout yes. out Bruce Weber, good job. Those weird ass jerseys 
Yeah. <laughs> they beat Oklahoma. There's some, there's some magic in them. Yes. Okay, so we both have a lot of losers to talk about. Um, you want to start us off with your big one? I'm going to say us, you and I. Indiana and Seton Hall had horrific weeks. Um, really, at this point, you just had to win something, and you look good because the bubble has been falling apart of late. Seton Hall puts up 52 points against Butler without two of their best players and loses. And uh, as we mentioned, Indiana did not have a, a great week there with Michigan and Michigan State. So tough, very tough for us. Yeah, I mean, Butler is uh, coming on at the right time. Um, not really going to do much for them this season, but if you believe in uh, building momentum year over year, getting good wins over Seton Hall, beating uh, Villanova. Um, but yeah, like I was, uh, I was very perturbed in the Rutger game. Um, mm -hmm. That was that was also this week. Um, it's. I forgot For about I, that one. Yeah, that was the big one. Yeah, uh, Michigan yikes. State was so last week. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, credit to Archie. He's breaking new ground, finding new firsts. Came the first IU coach ever to lose to Rutger at home. Had to one-up himself and, and go for the season sweep, becoming the first IU coach ever to lose to Rutger multiple times in the season. But it frustrates me that, like, I, I need – Indiana to start out like down 10 to 12 points because whenever they start off well, it just does not go well for them. Um, they started off well against Michigan State. They started off well against Rutger. I don't know what it is. Just complete inability to play with the lead or just remember what got you the lead in the first place. But it always just falls apart very, very quickly. And of course, I tempted fate by tweeting about how they were playing well and then Rutger, you know, saw the bulletin board material, immediately went on a massive run, and <sighs> sigh. Yeah, but uh, the NIT will be fun if uh, if Indiana decides to play. We both we'll uh, we both get top seeds in the NIT and just battle it out at, I don't know, are they going to even play at Madison Square Garden for the Final Four? They, I mean, like, we're amongst friends. They shouldn't play the NIT this year. Uh, there's, there's pretty much no reason to. Like, I get the need to play the NCAA tournament. Um, but, like, it, read the room. You don't have to. Like, it'll it'll be okay. Um, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't see that, that going well because, um, you know, the, the bubble is already set up for, for the NCAA tournament. And if you're just going to... I would assume because I haven't heard anything, you're just going to still do like just travel to you know the higher seed hosting games. That uh that seems like it could cause some problems. Oh wait, three hours ago. NIT to feature sixteen teams, all games played in Dallas Fort Worth. Well, oh, I'm glad I had that breaking news ticker up. Um, okay, so yeah, it's like it should not be a thing, but uh, okay. Let's let's learn together. Um, that that at least will be a safer environment. So appreciate that. Um, 
So <laughs> I can't believe in a perfect in a per so yeah. So I mean when you're you're cutting it in half, obviously you're you're eliminating the automatic qualifiers from um, you know, top seeds and smaller conferences that lose in their tournament. Mm-hmm. That sucks because those are the teams that like actually want to like you're you're obviously you're upset because you know you are the best team in your conference. You want to play in the big dance, but at least you have the opportunity for a postseason tournament that most years you wouldn't be able to get into. Like those right. are the teams that actually want to be there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like a like a Robert Morris type. Um, not like at this rate, Indiana could get in and just not even have a winning record. Like I'd it's true. Much rather not see them. Um, yeah, so that's. That's interesting. I guess it's good that uh, they finally announced that they are doing something different to, you know, actually make it as safe as they possibly can. But yeah, I mean, if it's it's just a weird situation, um, and it's it, it sucks for for the smaller schools uh, because they are the ones that are going to be um, hurt by this. Right. It does. Not us. I have to say that I, yeah, I, I breathed a little bit of a sigh of relief once you got rolling because when you said big loser was us, I thought a, a personal attack was incoming. I grew very concerned. Not, not, um, not no, that I know of. Just, just the team I like. It's, it's okay. We've, we've cut ties. Um, Indiana's a top ten team in basketball, though, so that's that's all I care about. Um, just. It's the women's team because Terry Moran's a boss. See, all women trending in as well. So there we let's go. go, ladies. All right, so we're both <laughs> so we're both we're both playing in March Madness after all that. That's great. Um, okay, so in terms of other actual teams, Ohio State is uh, stumbling a bit. Three losses in a row, um, not necessarily to bad teams um, like Michigan. Obviously, very good. Um, Iowa with a very good bounce back performance. Uh, as we're recording this yesterday, um, beating Ohio State by 16. But that Michigan State one in the middle, if you're going to concede those bookend games, beating the Spartans is uh, is absolutely one you you have to have. But yep. going over three is uh, is painful because I, I think that completely plays Ohio State off the one line and in such a way that they they can't get back onto it, I don't think. Yeah, they, their hopes for a one seed are done strictly because of everyone else around them, I think, more so than, than what they have had happen. Like, yeah, the Michigan State loss is tough. But, I mean, even, you know, even had Baylor lost another game, I still think Baylor's resume speaks for itself, and, and they are still a Definitely. one seed. Michigan is obviously a one seed. They they have played their way there and beat Ohio State. Um, it's a toss-up at this point. I mean, Illinois has some chances this week to really stamp their their shot at a one seed, and and you know there there are opportunities to be had, but. It's hard to see Ohio State playing their way back into it. Yeah, the the competition for a one seed is going to feature better teams who are actually winning games compared to bubble teams jockeying for position, and almost all of them are just losing games. So 
tougher situation. I, I think the the one seed line is significantly tightened too, because for a while it was just Baylor Gonzaga locked in as ones. You know, we've got two spots where there's, you know, maybe four or five teams jockeying for position. Now Michigan pretty much has has that last one um, locked up. I, I would say they they do at this point, barring something completely out of character with the rest of the season. So now there's more competition for the, the last spot. Um, you know, Illinois is in very, very good position right now. Um, you know, Alabama would have been in great position too, but dropping that game to Arkansas hurts their case a little bit. If they were able to get through SEC play with only one loss, I think you almost would have been obligated to put them on the one line. So Ohio state really not doing itself any favors when, uh, when they really needed to. And I mean, they're still going to have a very favorable draw in terms of a first round matchup. They're going to be uh, one of the best teams in their region, but not going to be a one seed. It's possible, but it's slim. I'll, I'll, I'll leave yeah. it at that. They, they made life a lot harder for themselves. Yeah. Never say never, but probably never. Probably never. <laughs> uh, we mentioned Tennessee. But they, uh, I, I don't know if they want to play in the tournament. They're, they're still going so. to, um, you know, begrudgingly, they will need to accept the invitation, but just in a, uh, in a tailspin. And most recently losing to Auburn without Sharif Cooper, who, like, I, I don't know how you do that. Like, we, we saw what Auburn was before Sharif Cooper started playing and at times even with him they haven't been the prettiest of basketball teams but kind of reverting back to how they were for the 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 first several games of the season when we were talking about them as one of the biggest losers in the country um and tennessee is again probably the best team on paper in the conference you're losing to that team and they are barely hovering above 500 in conference play which is just such a disappointment um, compared to, you know, what expectations reasonably were set up. Yeah, seven losses this season. Probably double, I think, what anyone expected, not just in SEC play, but maybe the entire season, given how high preseason expectations were with this roster coming back. They just haven't had it. And offensively, it has been a struggle to stay consistent, they have three guys who average over 10 points a game. John Fulkerson, who is expected to be a huge piece to this team, has really struggled all season long, um, and, and they just haven't been able to, to figure it out how to get that consistency back. The yeah, yeah, offense is really tough to watch. watch. It's, 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 it's a grind every game. I mean, they have they through there are a lot of defensive one of the 
it's all about that. And this should be a team that we're talking about in the worst case of the top 15 national team. But they're not even in the top 25 at all. Yes. Yeah, it's it's the season will be looked back on as a disappointment. They could be one of those teams that just does not live up to expectations all year. Finally, puts them together after a couple games in the tournament. But even then, you're going to play like a, a one or two seed way before you should have. Right. So like still, still not entirely ideal. But it's hard to have much confidence in the ball going forward. It is. Another loser from this past week has got to be the Virginias. Just like we said, with uh, any team with Kansas in their name is a winner. Any team with Virginia, not any team, but most teams this with Virginia. Yes. Uh, Virginia Tech loses to Georgia Tech, a team, again, that I have said I, I don't think is very good. Both of them, I've said I don't think is very are very good. Um, kind of gives Georgia Tech a little life. Josh Pastner coming out claiming that the ACC is an 11-bit league was hilarious, but uh, his team is slowly inching their way closer to the NCAA tournament and might add a number or two to that uh, ACC total. And then Virginia loses to NC State, who is just not a good team this year. No, they're not. Um, and, yeah, I know that was uh, it's a very big moment for you and Georgia Tech beat Virginia Tech. Unfortunately, these are uh, still two of the top three teams in the conference. But if anything, I think that speaks to how tough life has been in uh, in the ACC this year, because like there are not even eleven teams in the ACC with a winning record. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what, what year standings he was looking at. Um, most years, I think that, that would be a decently fair argument, but what's... Uh, uh, Certainly not this year. Yeah, let's maybe not come out right away with a number so outlandish that you're immediately dismissed. Um, there are perhaps subtler ways to talk up your conference um, without just immediately leaping into that. Um, but... Yeah, it was a uh, it was it was a bit, big week for Schadenfreude uh, between the the Virginias. We own uh, opinions about both, uh, but yeah, it, overall still in very good shape. But like that's that that is life in the ACC this year. Like th these are not games that in a typical year you would be considered or you would consider a bad loss because these would be losses to surefire tournament teams. And um, even if the season had played out kind of how we thought it might in the preseason, Georgia tech was expected to be like a top five, give or take team in the conference. And they're still kind of in that range, but the conference overall is just not as strong as it would be in a typical year. So that just loses all of its luster. You're losing to that team by 16. We're going to judge you. Yeah. Um, and I mean, Josh Passner at, at various times has, has just become a meme unto himself. Um, one, arguably the most memeable coach in college basketball this season. Um, which, okay. I was oh, going to yeah. say this season, this season specifically. Yes. Um, but I mean, kind of, kind of taking over the, the mantle from another friend. Yes. Uh, CTC. But um, I, I think he, he's really stood out this year from the get go with, uh, 
with his mask and uh, all of his post-game antics. But, yeah, they're, they're not dead. Georgia Tech isn't in the tournament race, but those losses are very damaging to Virginia and Virginia Tech when you're looking at potential seeding scenarios for the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, Virginia is going to presumably get off the schneid as we're recording this. They are playing a very bad Miami team. They're up by eight in the second half. And most times a lead of that many points against a bad team, Virginia is able to, to hold on to and just squeeze the life out of an opponent. But we will keep a close eye on that because I will uh, I, I will potentially start hooting and hollering if, uh, <laughs> if they're unable to feel the deal. But, um, yeah, that, not, not a good week last week. They really have to, um, I mean, just – pass every remaining test um, and just not have an embarrassingly early exit in the ACC tournament because then they'll continue to drop down seed lines. Yeah, it's uh, Florida State looks really good right now. Even losing games, they look good. (laughs) Always aesthetically pleasing. And that's, that's what you look for in a basketball program. Right. Uh, Speaking of teams that are struggling, which I guess is the point of this entire segment, but a team I thought was, uh, or we thought not too long ago was, was in amazing shape, rock solid until you go on the, uh, the mountain trip, the USC. Yeah. Looked to be in very good shape. Did drop one to Arizona. Arizona still has some nice pieces despite not having the best year um, bounce back with a win over Oregon, but then back to back double digit losses at Colorado at Utah, Colorado is a solid team, but absolutely blew out USC and, and Utah is having a disappointing season. Um, considering where their expectations were coming into the season. Um, and USC is very much in the driver's seat. You drop three of four and now they are uh looking up at UCLA and Oregon in the Pac-12. Quietly, I might say, Oregon has uh, has come back alive this season. They uh, they struggled early on, and now here they are at, uh, what, 11-4 in conference play, 16-5 overall. Yeah, USC, they were, they were in position to be a top-five seed pretty easily, and now – uh, they are in danger of falling closer to the six, seven, maybe even eight line, depending on how this season finishes out for them. It's you know a, a nightmare scenario for both them and a potential one or two seed if you see them come up at the eight uh, at the seven or eight line because it's a, a team that is significantly more talented than that line would say. Yeah, and I mean at least they're they're not in any danger of playing anywhere remotely near Colorado or Utah because yes, all in the state of Indiana this year. So maybe that helps as well, but the booming mountains of Indiana. That's there. There are several. Yes. The, uh, certainly compared to, to Illinois, um, my, my short lived career is a little 500 rider going through those hills will, uh, will be the death of you. But, uh, I would imagine that, uh, Colorado probably has, uh, something something more significant. Hard to say. It's a rounding error, honestly. Anyway, Oklahoma just have to 
mention. Yep. Um, it's it's an obligatory mention, but can't at least to Kansas State. No. Can't do it. Um, can't consider yourself a top 10 team and lose to Kansas State. Yeah. Like, interestingly enough, that the, the five points was a uh, – the five-point margin was a bigger margin of victory that Kansas State had the entire non-conference schedule. Um, it was almost – That is a fun like, fact. They, they just beat TCU by eight, um, and I believe they beat Iowa State earlier in the season by more. So it wasn't their biggest margin of victory on the season, but I was scrolling through because I wanted to, to look back and obviously – we're talking about a team that lost to Fort Hayes State, who's yes. a, a good Division II team. But, uh, yeah, they, they found something – and those uh, those weird shade of purple jerseys that uh, mm-hmm. Fort Hayes State for those scoring at home is eleven and eleven this year. Yeah, that's uh, not a great loss um, for Bruce Weber there, but an even worse loss, some could argue, for Lon Kruger, who is trying to position himself for the NCAA tournament. And yes. That doesn't help. You know, every day we stray further from the month of January, so his power (laughs) could be weakening slightly. Um, Nature is healing. Just, I mean, just just something to keep an eye on. We are on the downward slope of the bell curve. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. Yes. Um, Uh, The last team I've got is Drake. Uh, obviously yeah. injuries have really hurt this team. Roman Penn out for the year, their star guard, but can't lose to Bradley. You can't lose to anyone in the Missouri Valley, not named Loyola. And that is exactly what they did. Uh, I would say the dream for a two bid Valley is just about dead for sure. At this point, it would take a, an unbelievable, na- uh, not national, unbelievable Missouri Valley championship game between Loyola and Drake with Drake winning to get two teams in, and I just don't see that happening. I think two-bid Valley is still alive. I don't think you're going to get multiple at-large teams. I think okay. I think Loyola's got a good chance of getting in as an at-large, um, but it would take a, a bid thief to to get anyone else in. Uh, Drake's not getting in on the basis of their resume. Certainly no other team in the conference is. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it, it's – as we keep saying, it's disappointing to be in this position when you start off 18. Right. Now. Um, but that's that's just the reality of, of the sport, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Tough um, break. Yeah, my that's uh that was your last team. Yes. My other loser this week was Dockridge, who I just yes. cannot cannot yes. Um that makes us winners. So maybe I should put us in the winning column instead. Maybe. Us uh, as in like us society us personally, though. Personally. Um, yeah, I mean that was it was a good day for memes. He uh yeah. he, was, he was off Twitter. And I think like he's not currently on Twitter, is he? Because I know he came back and then I looked for it again today and I couldn't find it. When we were talking about the other thing that he would be passionate about and have a terrible take on. I don't see him anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, because that, that was a uh, that was quite a move. But 
our, our guy, Dan, who has gotten himself in hot water a number of times in the past, um, decided to you know, weigh in or offer further thoughts on the, uh, the Jalen Johnson situation. Um, and of course he's going to go with the, uh, the anti player route. Um, and you know, he's of a, a generation that, you know, the first instinct is to go to calling people soft or quitters and, yep, you know, people tried to call him out on it, which is never a good idea. And he, uh, on, on his radio show, he he continued to after after all of the bad tweets and, and the back and forth and you know the the inability to kind of listen to anyone and, and just hold a, a basic conversation. He was starting to dox people on his radio show um, and and just going in on on anyone who has a remotely different opinion of him. Um, but the good news was like. Dockish left Twitter. There was no negative. Like there was yeah. no, there was no uproar. There was no one who was getting upset. Um, minus the people with like three followers. He's just a first name and then ten digits, um, which are which are always real people. But it was a great day for memes. It was a great day for for dunking on Dockish and can't really I, ask for more than that. Yeah, and I I don't know when. ESPN will just finally decide enough is enough. Um, he's pretty locked into his radio gig in Indianapolis, unfortunately, because a lot of his audience is very much like him. People mm-hmm. who think Bob Knight is a God who did nothing wrong. And the problems with today's society is that coaches are not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a, a portion of, the Indiana fan base that is quickly dwindling. Thankfully, um, I, I think most reasonable people kind of understand at this point that Dockage is a piece of shit. Um, Bob Knight was an asshole, and we're not like going to worship the ground he, he walks on. So I think that's one of our big problem as sports fans. Sometimes is anyone associated with our team, we will just defend them despite all evidence to the contrary. Um, right. And, they're very clearly in the wrong. Um, you see it all the time with, uh, you know, people running into off the field issues, um, you know, domestic violence, whatever you want to call it. People still will defend Joe Paterno um, to no end. Um, and pe- some people are the same way with Bob Knight, but fortunately, like most people in the fan base, whose opinion I respect, and most of them happen to be in a little bit of younger generation are not like that um, and kind of, recognize Dan Dockage for what he is. And as soon as ESPN pulls the plug, I, w- I will be happy about it because also like my guy, Jason Benetti is, uh, is yeah. a good fight having to be stuck with him and pretend to be having a good time for like every big 10 game. Like it's, it's not do that anymore. Folks. We have more talented people that can talk about college basketball in the Midwest. Like let's use them. Let's get them in and get them working because how often do we have to hear Dockage defend something ridiculous, whether it be a a call in the game because he loves the officials or whether it be an air quote old school coach because of how they used to coach the game and how things used to be and all this, or just the, the change in the environment 
uh, around college athletics as a whole. I mean, he is basically John Rothstein plus 15 years and like a, a deeper Indianapolis rooted guy. So we, we are getting so much negative out of him all the time. And it, it doesn't add anything to the broadcast or at least nothing positive, nothing of note. So like you said, the sooner that ESPN can finally pull the plug on this guy and we can get someone else in there, the better off we're all going to be. The other problem with this whole situation, and this is a crutch, see, um, more and more, and I know this is not really something we talk about on the show very much, but his, his like, he, he got off Twitter. Everyone was happy. He seems to be off Twitter again, but there is a middle part where um, Sunday afternoon, he like came back on and was like, paraphrasing on back bitches. Um, so yeah. that was the general gist of it, but uh, like the, okay, he, he is officially off um, and, and ESPN is officially looking at kind of his comments going after the, uh, the Duke professors who are, who are trying to engage with him. But he comes on as like, yeah, I'm just sitting sitting in church at uh, at Trader's Points and having an epiphany while this guy is talking to me. And it's it's a long story, but I have been to a service at, at Trader's Point before. Um, it is in the unfortunately named Whitestown uh, <laughs> uh, near near Indianapolis. It's it's a uh, it's a big time. It's a mega church, but not like a Joel Osteen one. Like they're not trying to just steal money from people. It's actually, you know, just normal people trying to make the world a better place and encouraging others to be the same. But when you are an unrepentant asshole your entire life and people are calling you out on it and you try to use the crutch of I'm a Christian or like I'm, I'm a man of faith, like everyone goes back to this, whether it's Tom Brenneman or, uh, or right. Tim Brando or, Anyone, As Castellanos hits a high fly ball in the deep yeah, left. Yeah. Hugh Freeze um, and his scandal said something similar. Um, any Anyone associated with Liberty, like at a certain point, you have to kind of recognize what you're doing. It's like, hey, if, if I'm if I'm going to purport to be a Christian, like wouldn't it make sense to kind of act more like the the religion kind of teaches you to be? Like instead of using it when you need it. Yeah. It's like, all right, you can, you can recognize that Jesus would not like the person you are when you're constantly, you know, being, uh, being a bigot or being misogynistic or all these other things. Um, but it's just the, the disconnect of do as I say, not as I do sort of thing. Um, and it's right. like Dockage is, is the king of that. And, just really upsets me. It's, uh, it's very, very annoying and, and played out. And just he will never change. Like he he has been this way forever. He will. He That's will the most important forever. part, though. Yeah, I think that you that like of what you're talking about is the the people that lean on religion as like the crutch to get them out of bad situations. It's like you were like this before. The only reason that you got caught or you got caught. The only reason you are attempting to change is because you got caught. And who knows if they're even attempting to change. Dockich does not seem like a guy who wants to change anything he does. Because, like you said, 
It's everyone else being raised differently. It's all the new environment. It's this and it's that. It's everyone but him is the problem. So I think ESPN needs to recognize this and just cut it off now before, I mean, for their sake, before they have another issue because it's only a matter of time. It's not, it's, it's, it's not like it's, it should be a pretty straightforward business decision too. Cause it's not like he is a ratings lightning rod for ESPN. No. And this certainly right. isn't the first I mean, time he's been at the center no. of controversy. No, like, uh, and every, every game he's doing is, is more people complaining than anything else. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't really understand the, the justification. Like he'll, He'll be fine with his uh, his radio program because I mean that that whole company that that owns the station is pretty messed up and like that's exactly the type of person they want him to be. But in terms of ESPN on the national scale, I think you can pretty easily take that platform away, and yeah. the world will continue to turn on its access. If he gets fired by ESPN, how long before he's back on Twitter? Uh, <sighs> ten minutes. <laughs> the know. epiphany wears off. I don't know. I was, yeah, I was, I was honestly stunned that he re-deactivated after yeah. reactivating. Thought it was just like, yeah, fuck you guys. I was, I was gone six hours. Now I'm back. Um. Anyway, before we close, we are making history in fake college basketball as. We both have made the the NCAA tournament for the first time in the same season. Heat checks in season six. Took us this long, but we finally did it. Um, but not a great draw for <laughs> for either of us. No. Uh, despite what was said on the uh, bracket release show, I do have a better resume than Wright State. They are just the better team on paper. Fortunately, the games are played on the simulated court and not on paper. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Spreadsheets, um, not actual sheets of paper. Right. This, this, the courts of spreadsheets. Um, it's a spin zone. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, I, I, I knew it was coming. I, I feel like I knew it was about to get screwed. And uh, I did not expect you guys to get as bad a draw as you did, though. You seem to be in much safer position than I was. I don't know. I, uh, I I figured a, a six or seven was coming for for whatever reason. I just cannot could not beat A and M this year. Lost them three times, <laughs> including in the SEC championship game. Would have been my first uh, conference tournament title, but I'll have to settle for for second. We'll hang a banner. It's no big deal. Um, have two wins over one seeds, so that's fun. Um, but Playing Washington, who will have the slight edge in terms of overall roster quality. Played them as a, a non-conference opponent a couple of years ago. Won that in a, a minor upset. Pretty solid program, um, as Wright State has been the last couple of years. So, I don't know. I, you, you've been to a Sweet 16. I'm still looking for my first tournament win. So, I was hoping for a slightly easier draw than what I got. Um, but, be sweating it out. They sweating it out. You mentioning uh, losing three times to a team this season. I lost three times to Villanova by two points in the Big East tournament, um, four points on the road, and four points at home. Oh, geez. So no matter what, 
I cannot beat Villanova. I've beaten them one time in sim history. Yeah, my my games with A and M were uh, not that close. Um, we so did we did break the that. trend of losing to six seed St. John's in the Big East tournament, though, when we were a three seed, and we yeah. won that game by three. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I lost I lost A and M by nineteen and fifteen in the regular season, um, and then in the championship game by one. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to beat a good team three times, but it, it is <laughs> credit to Villanova and credit to A and M. At least we did beat A uh, and M Corpus Christi by fourteen. Another Not tournament good, team. So that that counts. It counts as a half win over Maine A and M. That's a that's a tournament team right there. Don't yep. don't discount the win. Never would. Um, yeah. So season seven. Will hopefully uh, not come for a while, so you can have some some extended runs in this tournament. Um, recruiting is going to be ongoing while the tournament is happening, um, as we try to fit it in before real March Madness. So that'll be fun. Um, I think we both got our, our second recruit last cycle. Yep. I still need to to somehow sign two more guys um, and fill a position of need. So that will be interesting, but. For now, we're still focused on season six. Um, we will... things are overall positive. If you take away yeah. our draws in the NCAA tournament, like yeah. looking at it from forty thousand feet, things look good. We've you this know top one hundred recruits. We got you know tournament teams. Each of us winning records. You made a run to the SEC title. We're all looking good. Weird. Yeah, yeah. We're, you're, acting we're, like a, you're acting like a therapist right now. We're That's hanging really, banners. I'm, I'm, skewing, I'm skewing negative with how I'm presenting this, but yeah, it was, uh, it was overall a a good season. I, like you've never been higher than a four seed, right? Correct. This okay. is uh, this this is my fourth tournament appearance, and I think the first season I was a four seed as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, this is all you. So you you built yourself back up to a four seed. I've never been. Uh, better than a six seed, but this is also as far as I've ever gotten. So we'll have to get a dub and, and hopefully make history. We really do not want to put ourselves back in the losers column again. No, no, we, that was, that was hurtful. <laughs> uh, but next show, I think we'll, we'll know how pretty much the entire tournament went or presumably we'll at least know how our entire tournaments went. Um, Assuming we don't win the Natty. Um, but yes. until then, this is this is it. This is a stretch run for college basketball. Every game matters more than ever for seeding. Um, this is the time to bolster resumes. So the next couple of weeks of, of action are going to be as intense as we've seen all season. And then, of course, the actual tournament will be very intense as well. Can't wait for it, and we will be back next week to talk more college basketball.